Hi, and welcome to Eat My Words, a twice-monthly Arizona Highways podcast that celebrates Arizona's unique culinary culture. I'm your host, Kelly Vaughn. For this episode of Eat My Words, I'm pleased to introduce Mandy Heflin, one of the owners of Chula Seafood, which has locations in Scottsdale and Uptown Phoenix. Mandy, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Happy awesome. to be here. Thank you. Well, what what can you tell me about the history of Chula? Because when people think about Arizona, they think of the desert. There's not a lot of water nearby. So what yeah. inspired what inspired you all to bring seafood to the desert? Absolutely. So uh, my father-in-law has had a commercial swordfish boat in San Diego for nearly 20, 25 years now. Uh, and back in 2015, my husband and I kind of were in, you know, less than pleasurable jobs. And uh, we looked at each other. I'm from Seattle and I've always been like, man, the seafood game here is just not good. Uh, And we kind of just had this epiphany. We're like, why aren't we bringing this fish to the desert? Because we started uh, in 2009, my father-in-law started his own distributorship um, kind of under no name, just In the commercial fishing industry, typically you come to shore and someone just buys your whole boat worth of fish and then they take it to the next point A, B, and C. Uh, So uh, he decided, Jim Heflin decided in 2009, he would start supplying some local San Diego spots. And then that's what kind of just got our minds rolling. And uh, in 2015, uh, my husband would literally get in a refrigerated ice cream truck thing, we called. It was this little janky a pickup truck with a refrigerated unit on the back, drive all the way to San Diego and sometimes back in one day. Um, Because at the beginning, it was really just us and a couple people helping here and there. Uh, We both still kind of had jobs. I, we had our first, we had our daughter. um, And uh, so then we started doing the Vincent's on Camelback Market. Um, it was a Saturday market and that was our only and first retail presence. So at the same time, we were trying to get into restaurants for wholesale, um, primarily using swordfish from the boat, uh, and then tuna and salmon as those being kind of the top three, um, seafood items that are, you know, most popular here in the Valley. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess the rest is history. We kind of, as we grew, we kind of grew a following and then we needed more space to house our wholesale operation. So we found our uh, location that we call Rosie on uh, uh, Hayden and Roosevelt. And that was what housed our entire operation for the first couple of years. And, um, you know, that's kind of where our fish fam mentality developed that we all are just a team working together to better serve uh, the community with fresh fish because we all saw a need for it. And um, with that being said, it kind of, everything just kind of fell into place. Awesome. And when did the Uptown location open? Uptown location opened in uh, February of 2019. Awesome. Um, And it's actually full disclosure, it's right down the street from me. So we're there probably once a week or every other week. Swordfish has been our jam lately, but we've also bought tuna and salmon and scallops and so many other things. And it is incredibly fresh. I presume now your husband isn't still driving to San Diego and back in a day. No, no. Yeah. How has the operation evolved? So uh, we used to do, uh, you know, it's kind of changed here and there. My father-in-law still likes to be involved with the whole operation, 
So he sometimes insists on doing the whole drive back and forth. Oftentimes we meet in Yuma and switch vans. So then they take the empty van and load it up for the next route. Um, but we're doing this about two to three times a week. Wow. We also have grown so much and we're, you know, at any given time, we're supplying 50 to 70 restaurants, um, more chef-based local um, forward spots that really are caring about what they're giving uh, to the people. And um, with that being said, it's just, uh, it's kind of just been, um, who wants to truck the fish because it's a quality control thing. We like to have it in our hands at all times. But what I was going to say is we've gotten so large that oftentimes we use airplanes. Uh, Southwest, you know, you can throw something in cargo on Southwest and it'll be to us within an hour. So yes, awesome. it's the easier thing to do, but um, you know, that's getting it out of our hands, which we don't always like to have happen. And I know that one of the reasons so many local chefs like to use Chula Seafood is because it is sustainable. Um, you use a sustainable method of fishing. What can you tell our listeners about what that means and what that means for Chula in particular? Yeah, so sustainability in the seafood industry can mean a lot of different things uh, from my perspective. So we have a sustainable swordfish boat. Uh, what makes that sustainable? We harpoon and deep set buoy fish. So the main point there is there's no bycatch with what we're getting. Everything we're targeting is usable fish and most often or not, it's all swordfish. Sometimes we get opa or other deep water species that um, can be harvested. We're not getting turtles and whales and sharks and all of those items that, you know, if we are throwing a net in the water, the net doesn't know what it's picking up or not picking up. Um, and then, so the methods are sustainable. And then the way we harvest the fish, uh, we have a full respect for the animal from the moment it's brought out of the water to when it's on our, uh, on our boat, the way that it's, uh, you know, it's processed, everything is done with full respect to the animal. And we also use every bit of that animal that we can. So that adds another sustainability aspect to the process as well, really taking and utilizing cuts that wouldn't be as desirable or, you know, most restaurants are familiar with just receiving a perfect, beautiful loin of fish. Uh, they don't know or have access to the other parts. So we've been able to do really fun things with the, you know, the extra pieces, you know, we, we say one man's waste is another man's treasure type of thing. Uh, I love fish collars. I think that's one of the best parts of most fish. So, you know, for instance, we take the collar of the swordfish now and um, basically process it down to look like a tomahawk chop. And um, you can often find that in some of the restaurants here in the Valley. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it's an amazing way to showcase the fresh quality fish we have. Um, in ways that people wouldn't be familiar. So that's kind of in the fishing aspect. And then, you know, you move into um, making sustainable choices and that's partnering with other people that are have the same vision and beliefs with us. And uh, you can see it in the product too. Uh, fish, swordfish that's net caught has this like neon halo glow to the, to the flesh. Um, and you wouldn't see that until you open it up. Whereas uh, the fish we bring on board is, you know, we're catching it in their habitat. Uh, it's not stressed. It's a very, um, like I told you, respectful way to harvest the animal. And um, I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of misconception um, 
on how farming is good or bad. And there's, you know, a lot of shellfish is farmed. Um, salmon's obviously the big one in there. So it's really just uh, at the end of the day, knowing where your seafood or food in general comes from and maybe going the extra mile to do the research, you know, cows, pigs, chickens all come from farms. Uh, so, you know, they weren't put on this earth to be on a farm. So, you know, which of those farms are you choosing to purchase from and support? Um, there's, you know, there's pros and cons to anything that anybody does, but I think that um, we are just on that mission of just making sure we have our hands on the best product and giving that just not to the restaurants, but on the retail front as well. That was one of my biggest pieces about starting Chula here in the desert is why do the regular everyday people not have access to, you know, high quality, legit, good fish. So uh, that, you know, with that being said, we've kind of just marched on this mission. And then within our restaurants as well, you know, we like to use, um, you know, sustainable or not sustainable, sorry, recyclable materials. With COVID that threw in a big wrench with us, you know, everybody moving to disposable, uh, to disposable goods for to-go and packaging, uh, you know, and that's the, the, the smart choices don't end up being, you know, they're expensive. It's expensive to buy things that aren't made out of just plastic and styrofoam. So um, there's kind of a lot of pieces to sustainability, uh, but it goes with, you know, just making good choices, using all of the fish, kind of knowing where your product is coming from. And, um, you know, our chefs do a great job of utilizing all of the extra pieces to make magic happen with the seafood in our restaurants. I want to get back to um, how you had to adjust for COVID in just a little bit, but you mentioned, um, you know, partnering with other like-minded people and businesses as part of Chula, and I know that, you know, you carry Big Marble Organics in, um, in the Uptown location, at least, and they've been in the magazine before. Yeah. Um, I know you carry the Catino Hot Sauce in, in the Uptown location. I mean, what value do you see in, you know, joining forces with these local first, local forward partners? You know, local is the community is what brought us here today. Uh, I'm so grateful for the community. You know, uh, they've helped us, you know, make this dream a reality. And without them, and that's being said, you know, the local purveyors, the local people, the chefs, everybody, it all kind of just it meshes into one. And um, we love to support them and have their products available. You know, we have local salts and seasonings and noble bread. And, you know, these are also things that we think are really awesome too. So uh, we want to share the love and give them an opportunity to have a place to, you know, have a home for their products. And um, I think it just all marries so well with um, the support of the restaurant industry as a whole. You know, when um, we're not only concerned with our own um, well-being, we want the whole community to thrive. Uh, we supply restaurants. We see it as a partnership. It's not something that we see as a competitive nature. And with that being said, if we're all working towards a common goal, we're all going to be awesome and take that into our everyday life. Perfect. I, you know, I know that y'all stayed open during the pandemic and you started delivering seafood around the valley what were some of the challenges there? 
You know, we, I think as with everybody, it was kind of just like everyone freaking out and we were like, okay, we can freak out and stress and not make anything happen. Or we can sit down and put our minds together and see what we can come up with. So, you know, our wholesale took the biggest hit when the pandemic hit, uh, because all those restaurants, you know, were now closed that we were supplying. Uh, well, we have our own fleet of vans. So we were able to kind of be like, okay, well, these vans are just parked, not really doing much right now. What, what can we do to, you know, bring fish to people that are not comfortable coming out? So that's kind of where our home delivery, um, you know, transpired. And then we started doing the Monday night dinners at um, Chula Uptown, which was kind of a way to help people not have to cook. And we would prepare this uh, meal. They've stuck around since then. We're taking breaks every so often just to give our people some uh, some room to breathe. But it's really just the resilience of our team was so amazing coming together and just, you know, um, the masks and, you know, kind of being on the forefront of political, just people wanting to uh, put that, make them uncomfortable for choices that were not up to us. And uh, really just the resilience of them and the ability to change, you know, quickly was what kept us going and um, really making sure that we kept an eye on our team's morale and making sure that the communication was high. You know, we never wanted anybody to be uncomfortable. And um, that was our biggest goal. And we were very fortunate to not have to close our doors. Um, I think that our style of service allowed us to kind of be able to easily move into the style of service that COVID presented us. Um, you know, we were able to switch POS systems uh, in November. And with that, we had, we're, we now have online ordering, which was huge. You know, that was kind of, everyone was like dashing for online ordering and the need for disposable goods. <laughs> right, right. And I think it's important too, for our listeners to understand, you know, you have a full menu there at Chula and it's poke bowls, it's prepared fish, it's green chili tuna melts. It's so many wonderful things. I mean, talk to us about your culinary team and how you plan a menu. Obviously it's, it's based on what fish is available. Yeah. Um, but what are some of your favorite menu items and just tell us a little bit about your culinary team. It's okay to brag a little. Yeah. You know, our, <laughs> our culinary team is amazing. They come from some of the most amazing reputable chefs working in kitchens with them in the Valley. And most of them came to us um, seeing that they wanted to be part of this mission we were on to, you know, purvey um, awesome fish and customer service to people. So um, Chef Juan, he came from Atlas Bistro. He also worked under Binkley and, you know, several other kitchens. And he was our main guy at Chula Scottsdale when we opened, kind of being the curator um, and uh, the poke bowls and the the fun features that happened over there. And um, like I said, a lot of things ended up coming from, you know, not waste, but like excess product that we were able to make into uh, awesome food. For instance, the, uh, you know, we have a swordfish burrito that we do at Uptown, uh, the California burrito. It's probably one of our number one sellers. And um, we often use belly of the swordfish for that because that's just a cut that's not wanted by most people, but it has tons of fat, tons of flavor and yields an amazing product. And, uh, you know, that burrito has gotten us recognitions on food network and all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's simple. It's French fries 
there's Baja sauce, there's some cheese, the swordfish tortilla, you know, it's, there's not a lot of components to it, but it's just the freshness and the thought that goes into it really just is a knock out of the park. And, um, you know, the, we, the, our tuna, like our tuna melt and our tuna confit sandwich, we cut and break down our own albacore, which, you know, is whole fish, nothing comes out of a can. Uh, and it's not really your standard, you know, tuna salad with mayonnaise and all of that. So um, I think just like tasting the freshness of the fish all the time without having to overpower things with seasoning and really letting the fish shine. And I think what our chefs do so awesomely, you know, yeah, there's your fish and chips and all of that, the standards. But, you know, I've met so many or talked to so many people that are like, I don't like seafood, but you guys made me like seafood. So it's, you know, taking those familiar dishes and transporting them into something that's going to, you know, people are like, I don't even feel like I'm eating fish. And you're like, yeah, because it's fresh fish. So it's got that working for it. And then the, the culinary team is just fantastic. We've got Kyle, uh, he leads Uptown. And then Jade is um, our sous chef. She came from F&B. Uh, Kyle's worked for several Valley chefs as well. He was with Eddie Matney. He was in the hotel scene. He also did some private um, things, flying to Alaska to do dinners. So, you know, we've got, we feel very blessed with this culinary team we have, you know, it's, um, and just the culture we're building has just grown to just attract more of the, these creative minds. And um, I call them fish magicians because I really think that's what they are. <laughs> I, I am actually one of those people who didn't really care for fish. I lived for a portion of my childhood in New Orleans and we ate fish there and then we moved to Texas and then we came back to Arizona and fish was just something that I never considered really. Yeah. Um, and then y'all came to the neighborhood and I was like, oh, okay, this seems like <laughs> fish I'm comfortable eating in the yeah. desert. Um, so I actually do owe my newfound love of fish to Chula. Well, thank you. Um, and I can tell you, listeners, that that California burrito is bomb. And so is the tuna melt. So go order, eat. <laughs> um, you know, and now I kind of, I look at seafood as being a really nice thing to eat in the summer. It's light, you know, it's not just a total belly bomb. It's, and it's easy to prepare. I mean, so much of what you offer is sashimi grade, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. So it's, Which, it's just really easy um, to cook. Um, Mandy, say you were going to prepare, you know, a dinner party for six or eight people. What would you select and how would you prepare it? Oh, you know, a swordfish is kind of my go-to, but uh, if I were to go outside of that realm, um, I really think one of the awesome products we bring in from San Diego is local black cod, which is super high in omega-3s, uh, almost, I think, even more than salmon. Um, and it's a fish that's, you know, not, not as popular amongst the peanut gallery as uh, the others. And um, I think to really wow somebody, it goes really well with a miso marinade. Um, and it's, it's, it's sometimes referred to as butterfish because of how the texture once it's cooked. Um, I'm also a huge sea urchin fan, which is not something you see often here yet, but we're, uh, it's a definite summer. Um, it's a sustainable option because uh, I'm going to get on an education tangent right now. 
sea, uh, sea urchin are an invasive species. And if we didn't harvest them, they would take over the kelp beds that, um, you know, kind of hold ocean ecosystems. So uh, that in itself, I think is awesome. And uh, it's one of those things that people aren't really super familiar with, or they're afraid of. And if you like oysters, then uni is also on the realm of like that kind of uh, salt, salt watery uh, experience. Um, I probably wouldn't throw that um, on the table at my dinner party, uh, but maybe if someone felt like being adventurous. Um, no, the California halibut, I think, is um, what I would probably choose to serve my guests. It's a most, uh, we can usually get that year round. It's a flounder fish. It's definitely not going to be as fatty as your Alaskan halibut, but uh, just like a light pan sear with a summer salad. Um, you know, I just, uh, I love the fact that it's something that is more affordable than Alaskan halibut. It's available year round. It's a very mild and you can still get that, you know, uh, white flavorful white fish from it. Awesome. Uh, we do have more recipes. I'm not a chef, so I just kind of like throw stuff in a pan or my air fryer and that's what I do. But, uh, <laughs> or because you said everything's sashimi grade, I think it awesome thing to do is you know our scallops our tuna and our salmon are always going to be sushi grade taking that home and making your own poke throwing in your own vegetables putting it over a salad we have sushi kits at both our restaurants which are super fun and can be an awesome date night or just even you know something to do on the weekends uh you know and that just includes kind of everything you need to make sushi and then you see how well you can do <laughs> even to teach your kids i imagine i mean it's yeah. creative it's beautiful it gets them engaged in in the process of Absolutely. preparing food and they can have a little bit of fun with it and maybe overcome you know some of their own fears about yeah. approaching fish that's and i think cool. that's something you know we've been talking about internally because uh my our business partner we he has kids we have kids and uh kind of just making fish more desirable for children you know i think so much of growing up in arizona for those that grew up here like you said you just don't associate fish with the desert and then or you had a really bad fish experience that you never want to revisit and it just scarred you for life so you know uh it's really just you know introducing different species to kids or we've talked about uh maybe eventually doing classes where it's hands-on for kids where they can like touch it feel it taste it you know give us all of the feedback on it for adults too adults probably need that also um but part of what i think is awesome is that we uh, can present fish that might not be, uh, you know, familiar, a lot of it coming from San Diego and throw it in the case, you know, we, um, we've got monchong, which is a, you know, a very desirable fish um, that comes from, uh, it's usually in Hawaii, uh, you know, we have different, we can get California yellowtail and all these things are fresh, none of it's frozen. And um, I think that's, it's really amazing to just kind of you know, go in and try something new outside of salmon and halibut, even though I told you I'd cook halibut for my guests, but. <laughs> I mean, and this is, I know this is a big question and I, I don't mean to get political or anything, but since you got involved in the business, um, you know, we hear more and more about climate change and rising sea levels and that sort of thing. How has that, if at all, um, impacted the business, impacted what you're able to fish, what you're able to pull out of the waters? Yeah, uh, you know, fortunately for us right now, it hasn't affected our fishing practices. 
Um, however, I did just, you know, read an article about uh, they are transporting because of the drought in California. Uh, they are now going to be transporting um, juvenile salmon from the rivers to the ocean uh, wow. to withhold the um, ecosystem of salmon because these juvenile salmon won't make it to the ocean with the given drought and the, the warmer water and disease and whatnot. So, you know, it's, it's really eye-opening to kind of realize that. And then you see how large, you know, salmon's a commodity. It's, you know, it's, it's one in its own, um, you know, that's why if we only ate wild salmon, there wouldn't be wild salmon left. So it is extremely important to take the extra steps uh, to, you know, make sure you're making sustainable choices when you're eating. Um, and there's, there's a program out of the Monterey Bay Aquarium called Seafood Watch, which is kind of a program that allows you to kind of look up a species, see where, you know, which selection you should choose. And there's kind of like a red, yellow, green type of uh, map to that. Um, so it's a good educational tool. It's used a lot in California. Um, we, we don't catch a lot, like we don't have a net. So our, our specific way of fishing, um, is, you know, it's not as plentiful as, you know, as others. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't heard really within the San Diego community yet, if it's really affecting us, but it's, um, you know, we want to make sure fish is there for our children. Uh, so I think people need to be more open-minded about farming. Um, there are, you know, like I said, there's, there's concerns with, with farming practices, but it's really just then getting to know the farm you're choosing. And we feel very confident, you know, our salmon is a farm product, but it's a sashimi grade product. Um, and we will stand behind any of the products we sell on that nature. And, um, you know, we've converted a lot of people that were very anti farmed mm -hmm. to purchasing. And um, I'm not saying don't eat wild fish, but wild fish is is not always the right answer. Um, so it's a you know it's a constant battle of just education, which is something that we are working to kind of provide more of to the people. You know, not just not just put fish in our case and have it sell. Give information to people. Um, you know, our social media, we like to use, you know, to give educational bits. Um, you know, we've got our Chula Fisheries in San Diego and then our wholesale account, um, which both really on Instagram, uh, Chef Juan runs our wholesale Instagram. And he's just so eloquent about the species and how it's processed and just the really the, the pure beauty of the fish. And um, I think it really just comes down to choices and, you know, making sure that you make the right choices. <laughs> Absolutely. And Mandy, people can find your daily fish list on your website um, and they can stop in and, and take a look too um, at your beautiful case. What else do you want our listeners to know about Chula? Oh, what else? Uh, you know, like I told you, education is important to us and community is important to us. Um, you know, we were constantly just trying to be better and make our team better. Uh, so we are better, uh, better within the community. Um, we recently held, you know, a mental health awareness program for our fish fam uh, featuring uh, meditation and Reiki. And it was really just to give 
our our employees a safe space and we want to expand on that we hope that is something that we can you know push more towards the restaurant industry as a whole um i think more so given the pandemic the added stresses uh, just, you know, making sure you take care of your team and your people. We're all humans and we're all striving for the same thing. So I just think that that mentality has just really helped us grow and create a culture. And, um, you know, we, we want to, we want to be known for more than just awesome fish. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, we're, we're in the process of, you know, opening, we're, we have some other locations slated, so hopefully we have some exciting announcements coming up here soon. Awesome. And then um, Uptown's expanding. Uh, any day now, we'll be knocking down part of the brick wall and adding right. a, uh, a bar and a patio. So uh, that's exciting, and that will kind of be um, what our restaurants look like moving forward. Awesome. Um, so yeah, and like I said, you know, we... We recently were part of cloth, a cloth and flame event that they did donated through uh, COVID, and um, I had to speak on behalf of the company, and I really just couldn't uh, thank the community enough for the support uh, because I know I've said it several times within this conversation, but it really, uh, you know, we just are so passionate, and to see other people following us on our passion and you know just uh, word of mouth travel of uh, who we are and what we are is so important to us. And we just don't ever want to lose that luster. And, um, you know, we, we love fish, we love people and, uh, it's, uh, you know, we're excited for what the future holds. Well, on that perfect bite, I will say Mandy Heflin, one of the owners of Chula Seafood. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Don't want to miss an episode? Be sure to subscribe. For more information about Chula Seafood, visit chulaseafood.com. For more information about Arizona Highways, visit arizonahighways.com. Until next time, eat my words. <laughs>